what you want to do is look into his background, but I'm saying that we don't do that for the women. We should, we, we, everybody. But we don't, we you, but you know we don't. That's what I'm saying. You know we don't. program everybody you just stepped inside of psychotic bump school the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome i want to welcome you to another exciting edition of psychotic bump school so ladies and gentlemen tonight oh we have an explosive show this evening Oh, man, wait till you hear these panel discussions going on this evening. We're going to have back Lori Peacock, Casey Phillips Brown, and the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. We're going to be breaking down to its final compound, the weekend common relationships. We're talking about uh, things happening in our news cycle with celebrity breakups and celebrity incidents, major, major cases involving L.A. Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer, uh, lightweight champ Gervonta Davis, Tank Davis also making headlines. And uh, who else? Wendell Pierce, actor Wendell Pierce. Oh my God. Did you guys hear what happened to him at the Hudson Theater in uh, New York City? Uh, we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about uh, just personal accountability. You guys know what we're doing on this uh, platform. We're talking about accountability and we are laying it all out. So Lori, Casey, and Jeff are here to have that conversation. And Jeff is going to be rejoining us as we welcome our good brother out of Washington, D.C., the DMV. The DMV. Dr. Reggie Robinson is a cardiologist, and he's here to break down the recovery and treatment of NFL football player of the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin. So the world stood at stark attention when he collapsed on the field during an NFL football game in Cincinnati, and his life actually ended on the field and was revived. And apparently he had a, a commodio cortis, I think is what it's called. It's a heart condition, so we brought out the heart specialist. Dr. Reggie Robinson is here, and Jeffrey Keller joined us as a former NFL player himself uh, for that breakdown of the recovery and treatment of DeMar Hamlin. So it's going to be an amazingly full show, so you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our show with Lori. Jeff and Casey, after this. Hey everybody, this is Buddy Hearts, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Yes, we are back. KCWGTheTruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, it has been a rather tumultuous week in the world of uh, traditional relationships and entertainment. Uh, unfortunately, we refer to uh, the media for a lot of things that happen out in 
uh, our our everyday lives. You know, these these people don't live lives as the common people do, but there are some fascinating lessons to derive from all of it. Uh, did y'all see what happened uh, in the world of sports over the weekend? Oh, my God. Lots of things happening. Lots of things to get to. And to help me have this conversation, our wonderful, illustrious panel is back. Uh, one of them you guys just heard from just a little while ago and two are returning champs. So let's introduce them all. Uh, she's out of Southern California, former educator, actress, and a very funny individual. Lori Peacock is here. We have the incomparable, uh, legendary, licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips Brown, author of We Just Said No. And of course, the inimitable good brother, formerly with the Atlanta Falcons, Currently the co-host of one of the longest standing afternoon drive time radio programs in Southern California called the Pocho Hour of Power. He's a comedian. He's an educator. He does it all. Jeffrey Keller is back. Lori, Casey, Jeffrey, welcome to Psychotic Bump School for 2023. Are all of you back? Yep, yep. What is yes, going sir. on? What it do, what it do, what it do. Now, I know Jeffrey Keller's back because he helped me uh, talk to our good brother out of the DMV, Mr. Uh, Dr. Reggie Robinson. So, Jeffrey Keller, how you doing, good brother? I'm doing great. Rome is New Year, and uh, we'll see if it's the same old madness or some new stuff going to jump off. <laughs> And but y'all laid down. Well, you weren't here for the very final show of 2023. We kind of laid it out for the new year. I'm hoping it's going to be less madness. Are, are, are y'all kind of are y'all still optimistic, Lori and Casey? Y'all feel good about 2023? Still, I feel I feel great about 2023. I really do. Okay, okay, nothing like a good dose of optimism. Well. Uh, what has been happening? Thanks, y'all, for being here. I wanted to have a discussion about modern relationships. And ladies and gentlemen, we are definitely tackling these issues a lot more in 2023 because I think there are not only are there some pertinent stories happening, but I actually took a survey. I didn't tell you guys this. I took a little survey among some of our listeners and um, in um, overwhelming fashion, y'all want to hear more about relationships. You want to hear more about relationships. You want to hear more about um, <laughs> getting older, uh, aging, as we all are. But uh, relationships came out at the top. So we're definitely going to be talking more and more about relationships on the show. I appreciate all your feedback. And so we're going to get into it. I wanted to have a conversation uh, regarding some major news stories. Some of them are rather disturbing. So I'm going to warn the audience in advance that some of what you might hear tonight, I'm going to try to preempt it with a trigger warning, if I can recall. Uh, some of it is just going to be light and casual, but it might get a little heavy along the way. So be advised. Um, this is rated PG-13. <laughs> okay. So uh, in the world of sports, did you guys see this? Well, before we do that one, um, you guys know actor Wendell Pierce? Mm -hmm. I've interviewed him. He was great. See, yeah. Casey, Casey always got a one up on somebody. I didn't even have a chance to get it out. I didn't even have a chance to say anything about Wendell Pierce. And she done already had the brother over for tea and crumpets. <laughs> Man, that's cool. No, 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 I no, no. I, no, I mean, I, I'm giving you a hard time on it. I didn't know. What was it like talking to Wendell Pierce? Tell us. Oh, my. He's so serious and he's so intelligent. And it, uh, his activism is amazing. Um, it's one of the interviews that I did have one where I was like, oh, my God, I wish I would have responded a little differently. He was telling a story. And, you know, you're telling people are telling a story. Sometimes you can feel like, oh, it's going to build up to it's going to be a, a joke. 
but he was serious and I kind of laughed and it was a serious thing. And I was like, oh, I kind of kicked myself. But he was talking about just um, some of the things that have happened in Louisiana and after Hurricane Katrina and some of the just injustices and how things were handled. But it was amazing. It was one of my highlights of one of, of my yeah. interviewing career, really. He was just, I always liked him, you know, from The Wire and then from um, Get On The Bus. Right. Um, yes. But he, uh, so I was super excited to do it. So I, I get super excited when somebody is something I, I tr someone I truly admire. Um, so I wish I'd have been a little more calm, but um, I'll shoot it to you later. It was, he did a, he was great. So yeah, I, mean, I, I really like him. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see that. And the fact that you weren't as calm as you hope, that don't surprise me one bit because you all over the place. <laughs> but I'm sure it must have been exciting. Only the people I admire. Only the people well, I admire. So you and, guys, I get really nervous, Lori. You know, all you guys. <laughs> Well, that, that's but no, he, he, he's talented. And I'm trying to think the very first time I saw him probably was get on the bus. I think that came out before waiting to exhale. But the first time I saw him was on get get on the bus. But he's in the news this week, ladies and gentlemen, because he's making a long awaited return to the Broadway stage in Death of a Salesman. It's now playing in New York City and he's playing the role of Willie Loman. Uh, in Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. So what happened was, what had happened was uh, mm -hmm. they were in the second act. And y'all hear about this? Uh, mm -hmm. They were in the second act and uh, Wendell Pierce himself was forced to break character when somebody from the audience just got up and just had something to say. Uh, it's not exactly clear what the issue was, but somebody was big mad about what was going on and it became such a disruption right at the beginning of the second act that Wendell Pierce himself had to step in. So stand by. Okay. okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm not to deal with you. I'll make a deal with you. I'm going to ask them to let you stay. Hold on. Hold on. So there are several sound clips of this video, but what's happening is a woman got up in the middle of the show and was creating such a ruckus that, uh, and I learned this term from Lori Peacock, uh, he was playing a character on stage, but to deal with the character on the stage, he had to break the fourth wall, Lori Peacock. He had to actually try to negotiate and make a deal with her. Now, I didn't even notice that part before. He actually tried to make a deal with her so that she could stay and participate in the audience in the show. Um, police officers eventually did come and escort her out, but it was disappointing because uh, Casey you know, I'm not sure what year it was you interviewed him. And thank you for sharing that link. Uh, he has been looking forward to this forever. I mean, he's been dying to return to the stage because that's where most of his acting chops have come from. And uh, it was considered a big deal. News publications have been covering it. And they felt like this was going to be sort of a, a grandiose moment for him, a landmark in his career to return to stage because he's accomplished so much on the big screen. So I thought that was interesting. And the deal was, for me, what came up is, why is this woman up and being so disruptive at this show? And I just started to connect the dots, whether they're actually connected or not. And it just made me think about so many other things. So that's a bit of a lighthearted one. They did eventually safely escort her out of the theater when police officers arrived. Uh, she was eventually safely escorted out and the show was able to resume. But in other news, 
And this is where it gets a little heavier, ladies and gentlemen. The world of sports uh, from Major League Baseball, Trevor but, but Bauer. Wrong. But, yeah. but wrong. Yeah. This is the sad thing about the situation. It was a black couple and a black woman who was making all the ruckus. Okay. He's playing a mainly a white role. And so it's rare for a black man to play that role. And it's sad that, that it was black couple that caused the ruckus for him to have to break character and offer to pay for uh, her tickets. And, yeah. You know, and so it's just sad. You got all these white folks in there and it's uh, just a black couple up there that just was causing the madness yeah what do, i guess i want to know what happened because i watched it and i'm sitting there and i saw him and i'm like okay i see he's trying to to work it out with her and the audience is all furious right and they're all like get her out of here get her out of here they're all mad i'm like what and all i can think of and i know y'all gonna think i'm protecting black women but i'm like is it a mental illness why is she yelling at everybody what happened so did anyone ever hear what started this alcohol i mean from oh, what i've seen she was oh. just inebriated and out of control and I haven't oh. been able to find any other justification for it. But yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to come and get their auntie because she she was on mm. sure. Um, I didn't even catch that spin of it of uh, Jeffrey Keller. I know all y'all have worked in entertainment, you know, in front of the camera and uh behind in your case too, Jeffrey Keller, but um I didn't catch the significance of him playing that role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, it's that's, really that's sad. It's really and, and I guess uh, my ex is doing Fat Hand that's going to be on Broadway. And I talked to her about it because this is when I saw when it first happened. And she said, this is not rare that people will act out and do stuff like that. Well, that's where you get so good with your acting because you don't know what's going to happen. You're really out there on a ledge when you're uh, playing. It's one thing to act in a movie, right? And then a whole another thing to act on stage. Laura, you ever acted on stage or just on a Oh yeah, I, I, my, my bachelor's degree is in theater arts. We had to perform in four shows to get that degree, and uh, also uh -huh. do crew for four shows. So I read *Death of a Salesman*. I've watched *Death of a Salesman*. I've okay. studied *Death of a Salesman*. That's like, I, it's very good. It's very dark. That character mm -hmm. of Willie Loman is a very difficult role to play because there's so many layers to the character. It is a traditionally white role. Mm -hmm. So for him to have gotten it as a black man is, a, is you know, a, a pretty big, pretty big feat. I mean, it's written for a white family. So, you know, for, for a black man to take the role is, is it's not that it couldn't be a black man in that situation, but just traditionally, that's how it's been. So I don't know. I didn't hear about this. I didn't know about this. But the fact that he had to stop in this show, which is so heavy, so mm. you know, it's it's not lighthearted, like, oh, ha, ha, let's just stop and chat and let's get back into it. You know, I'm sure the whole thing was was affected and impacted by that situation. And it's just so unfortunate. I thought it was people who were upset that he was in the role, but it sounds like it was something completely different, had nothing to do with that. So I don't know what they were expecting and why they felt that they could act out. But it's a shame. It's really a shame. That is a shame. I didn't realize you had such an in-depth connection to that role and story uh, or the, the experience of being on stage. I know I know you've acted. But being on stage yes. is a whole different thing because the audience is right there, right? So people probably thought at some point, is this a part of the show? I mean, mm -hmm. if it's such a dark mm -hmm. and heavy uh, story. No, I would think not, though. I think people who have seen it know that's not the storyline and there's no woman yelling, you know? 
Mm-hmm. This is a traditional thing. No, like you can go to a dinner show and people are doing a play that may happen. But in oh this my venue, goodness. in this venue with this play, right, and these this mm-hmm. caliber of acting, I those people knew this wasn't part of it. They were furious. Yeah. But they, now I'm reading. I'm reading now. They say she was. Uh, they said alcohol was involved. That's terrible. I'm, I'm so sorry to see that. Yeah, uh, Hudson Theater, um, pretty renowned place to hold. Um, stage events of this caliber uh somebody need to come and get their auntie i mean that's just what it is uh i was gonna lay out more of them but uh i'm glad we had that it looked like brother man was trying to console her i mean i think he was just embarrassed but he should have just but what can you do in a situation okay we're gonna come back to that because i'm like what can you do in a situation like that when somebody is if, if, if if intoxication is a part of the issue then, um, I'm leaving my husband. I'm letting y'all know. I'm gonna walk right on up out of there. You ain't embarrassing me like um, that. You know. I'm gonna go. I'm sorry, Wendell. I'm sorry because I'm being embarrassed for him. But I'm not gonna sit there and let you make me look stupid in front of the world. Well, I'm walking I, out. I would hope so. But again, men don't leave. <laughs> I leave. Sorry, I'm leaving. I would try. Hey, let's sit down. Hey, kind of like do we, do we go back to Jada and Will? It. If I was Jada, I'd be like, Will, don't do it. Get, yeah, get back here. I mean, get, get Will. But I'm then I'm gonna slide you out. You ain't embarrassing me in front of the world. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying men don't leave. Oh, and I, I'm I'm saying I'm, that literally and metaphorically. No, it's not really. <laughs> we we men put up with too much from some of our sisters, but I, I'm just making a general statement about that. That's why he stood right there and was trying. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Mm. So um, next story. Thanks, y'all. I, I I had no idea that was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, in other news. Uh, Major League pitcher Trevor Bauer has been cut by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been cut by the team because of some very, very unsavory behavior that he's being accused of, domestic violence. Um, it, it gets crazy. Like I said, um, I'm not going to go too heavy into this because this is some pretty graphic language. But uh, according to the Washington Post and New York Times, um, Another woman came out uh, after the initial story emerged in 2021. And uh, after he was allegedly denying what was going on with the current woman who was charging him at the time, a second woman uh, came out and said, yeah, this happened with me as well. And so in defense of himself um, and ladies, I don't recommend doing this, you know, but I get it, though, because men oftentimes uh, they get this gag order and they they just feel the need likely to kind of just speak out because oftentimes they can't. And it's not recommended. You don't want to litigate this on Twitter. But Trevor Bauer posted his side of the story uh, because he feels Gus Garcia Roberts, uh, the representative for the um, uh, the accuser, uh, is not looking at the facts of his story. He claims that despite claiming to the Washington Post that she did not reach out to me after a fight in 2019, uh, which involved her wanting her to visit me for sex and asking me if she planned to stay the night or not because I wasn't sure she had work the next day and she took offense. This woman has continued to contact me through through 2021 to share additional unsolicited sexually explicit videos to make small talk, wish me happy birthday multiple times and even to ask a personal favor. I had not responded to a single message since the non-existent fight. There's a lot more to it. I I better stop right there. But the issue is and I want to turn to Jeffrey Keller on this, especially since we were talking about the NFL the other day. Athletes 
uh, part of the basis of this story, and Laurie, in case this is for you too, but Jeff played in the league. Part of the basis of this story is that these women allegedly approached him and had expressed interest in having some really kinky uh, relations. And being a target as one is in the NFL, or in this case, Major League Baseball, aren't you, you know, there are no angels here, right? But aren't you, you know, don't you have a higher calling to be explicitly trepidatious and careful? You have to tread extremely lightly in situations where women are coming after you with a lot of kind of things, right? Yeah. Um. My whole issues with this is that athletes are held at a higher standard. Right. They're held at a higher standard than politicians, teachers, CEOs, and any woman can make an accusation and they will shut you down until they investigate. So you will be, you're guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. um, like Trevor, I, I mean, he was never convicted. The DA chose not to take the trial. Um, but yet, you know, he can't work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've read this. I, I, I get both sides. But, mm -hmm. You know, I just, I'm very, I don't like comment on this stuff because I've had situations where women have called my radio station and said I was a pedophile and I was going to be arrested at 12 o'clock that day. And then I got to prove and get an attorney that this woman's lying. And then I got to send police to her house to tell her to stop making stuff up. See, that's crazy. And it never even, it never happened. They're just mad. So they want to say some stuff. Mm -hmm. And it cost me a lot of work and a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. Man, so, it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart every time I hear that story, man. You know, so it's, it's, it's tragic that these, some of these women because their feelings are hurt or whatever it is, will do stuff like that and just try to ruin you. And that's the only thing you can do is try to defend yourself, but nobody remembers you didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. They just remember you are accused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a sad part. Just, just as loudly as someone is accused when, they, when it's been found they're um, innocent, that needs to be just as loud or louder. It puts Amen. everyone in a horrible position when someone lies about being hurt or being, you know, taken advantage of. Because when it does happen, because it does happen, it just makes it just makes it so much harder for the women who are telling the truth. So yeah, it's just as loud as it's been. Those accusations are. They need to be sent to something. It needs to be on every news channel. Needs to be put in, in print. You need to, your name needs to be cleared. Yeah, if that's even possible, Lori, your quick take, and then we're going to go to Tank Davis. I think. Well, I think that there are times when a woman scorned will do silly, stupid things, hurtful things. I think there are also times when men take advantage of women and do horrible things to women and and they, they get away with it. So I don't think that every time a woman accuses a man, it's not it's not uh, accurate. Ooh, I don't think you should. I don't think you should ever incorrectly accuse somebody or lie about somebody. And I agree. If it comes out the truth that they that they should uh, what those Jeffrey and Casey said, it should be screamed out and yelled out. But there's a lot of men who do a lot of horrible things to women all the time, and they don't say anything about it. I know, but we're we're not talking about that though. See, I I don't want what this. Are you to talking about? About, what, what, what we're talking what about? 
Well, we're talking about false accusations. I'm not talking about the times where men do stupid stuff and it really happened and they 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 get away with it. We know that. We know it's not all men. We know that all women aren't making stuff up. But I'm talking specifically in this case where it looks like the woman um, didn't tell the full story. And that's dangerous to a man, because like they said, you can't unring that bell. And speaking of ringing that bell over the weekend, we had uh, out of the DMV. Once again, we spent a lot of time in the DMV for this show uh, from Dr. Reggie Robinson to uh, this story with um, lightweight champion Gervonta Tank Davis, who defended his title over the weekend against Hector Garcia in a tune up for his upcoming bout, pro, you know, prospectively against Ryan Garcia. And that's supposed to be a fight that's going to generate millions upon millions of pay-per-views and dollars. Uh, he was recently involved in an incident. Uh, this was covered by internet content creator Pink Book Lexons. Let's check this out real quick. Gervonta Tank Davis. Do you know who Tank Davis is? Do you even know how many knockouts Tank has under his belt? He's not the champion for nothing. If this guy really did what this woman said he did, you know what? Let's just say the math ain't mathing, okay? And then these wild hyenas are always physically coming for men. Then they go call the police for backup. We see this time and time again. Okay, and before we do that, again, trigger warning. Uh, you're about to hear a frantic call. And what came out ultimately is going to be the whole point of this segment. So stand by. Uh, trigger warning. You're going to hear a woman in distress. Uh, keep in mind that it's this is not what it appears to be, but this is what it is. Let me see if I can find that real quick. If I have it, have it. And then we're going to get back to Pink Book Lessons. Oh, I'm all over the place. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? No, no. You said I was all over the place. See, it's yeah, just I'm magic. all over the place. <laughs> all right. I can't find it at the moment. Apparently so it's contagious. Right? We're going to take it back to, this is it, right? No, I guess not. All right. We're going to just go back to Pink Book Lessons then. All right. Stand by. Back to Pink Book Lessons. Uh, trigger warning, y'all. Stand by. Let's tell you what this did. And if you're eating right now, go ahead and fast forward about 15 seconds. You definitely don't want to hear this. This Never told the Broward County Sheriff what she did. How do you spit in a man's face and put his toothbrush and feces and then call the police on him? Yeah, this I took the crap from their daughter's diaper and put it on his toothbrush. Did she tell those folks that? Yeah, go listen to the 911 call. Did she mention any time during that call what she did? The disgusting behavior that she displayed there in front of her daughters and his daughter as well. All right. So that's pretty graphic. And a few days later, she came out and did this. Stand by. This is back to Pink Book Lessons. Vanessa posted this on IG. She said, these past days have been hurtful and extremely exhausting for all parties involved. I pride myself on being extremely private. This situation was the last thing I wanted to be made public. The state of our relationship has been in a fragile space, and Gervonta and I were both at fault for the argument. Okay, I'm going to let that continue, but just think about that. She said, Gervonta and I were both at fault for the argument. Really? All right, stand by. No, ma'am, we're not talking about the argument. We're talking about the attack. Two people did not initiate an attack. One person did, and that was you. She went on to say, while the emotions were running high, I made an unnecessary call to law enforcement in an intense moment while I was frantic. 
Yeah, you made that call to them trying to get them to come out and take him out. That's what you did, ma'am. She said, Javante did not harm me or our daughter. Today, we have sought the help necessary to move forward with our lives. I am confident that we will succeed within our co-parenting dynamic with the counseling provided to us. And this woman is full of it because in her statement, she still didn't tell everybody what she did. She just said he didn't harm me or our daughter. How about telling everybody that you attacked him? Tell everybody how you put hands on him. Tell them everything you did, Vanessa. Call the police on yourself because you're really the one who should have a mugshot right now. She's so persuasive, that marijuana. She's so flirtatious. How does it feel to be so persuasive, that marijuana? She's so flirtatious. How Keep does it, it feel to be you? Feel like the feeling of a suppress. Feel like I feel like I got no press. Feel like I feel like I need a rest. The season I should let go, and that's the reason I'm about my Then it's the season I should fly so low. I'm so sedated, and she's so persuasive. This isolation, so sweet you could taste it. We bake in the morning, moonlight, y'all be yawning. It's three in the morning, and I'm still performing. She's so persuasive, that marijuana. She's so flirtatious. So this is KCWG, thetruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. Uh, we're having a chat today about the conflict in modern relationships. On this panel, we have the amazing Jeffrey Keller. We have the incomparable licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phyllis Brown, and the amazing, inimitable good sister, educator and actress, Lori Peacock. They're all joining us for this one. Well, uh, this one, y'all, um, there is so many elements to this right here. Of course, at the end of last year, we had this thing between Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez in which Tory Lanez was found guilty. Um, yeah, I have another one to get to after this, but I want to talk about this one real quick. So, yeah, go ahead, okay. Jeff, and then I want to hear from Lori and Casey. I was just going to say, though, you know, this happened a week before the fight. Yes. So she was really trying to ruin his career. Yes, sir. She's really trying to stop this fight. Mm -hmm. And knows if that happens, they take away championships. No, no promoters want to deal with him. I mean, it's right. it's not just um, our relationship. She's trying to ruin this guy. Yeah, she said that. Um, I don't know why I can't find the call, but if I find it, I'll, I'll let y'all know. But you can imagine what it sounded like. Um, she called and made it sound like she was in distress. You guys remember the uh, the Bird Park lady? Uh, right before George Floyd, there was a woman in the park that was accusing the Bird 
the bird watcher of because he asked her to put her dog on a leash. Yep. Yes. And yeah. she made herself yes. sound frantic. He's, he's coming after me. He's chasing me. That's what this woman did here. Now, if you take, I'm going to bring it up again and audience bear with me. I know that you cannot see this, but again, for all the, the aunties and the, the, the grandmas and the mamas that got sons, um, I don't care what race you are. Um, everybody, even fathers that have sons, most people would think that Vanessa Poso is a, is a fairly attractive woman. And many men, no matter what race or age they are, are going to be attracted to her. And yet, because of that, they can play on that and they, they trade on their looks. And young men like Gervonta are susceptible to this because oftentimes or too often uh, they, they get drawn in to this and they're not really choosing women because of you know, their character, their, 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 well, you know why they're choosing them. She's a very attractive woman, but it has and carries some tremendous implications if you don't know who you're dealing with. Pink Book Lessons went on. Before we go on to the next one, I want to hear from Lori and Casey on this. She went on to say this, this man needs to get custody of his daughter, because if she's willing to go to that link to prove that, to, to, to be believed and just blatantly omit the things that she does, including literally putting his toothbrush into the baby's diaper and making no mention of that in the 911 call, it's pretty disgusting. Uh, I'm curious to hear from Lori and Casey. Casey, what are your thoughts? <laughs> hmm. oh, well, okay. Well, I'm still stuck at you saying he's susceptible. Like he's like seven and isn't a grown man and can make his own decision because of right. You right. ain't never listened to BGD? <laughs> Never trust a big butt in the spot. Like, really? He's like a little kid. He doesn't know better. Rome, you know I love you, but woo, you be going hard for these brothers. Oh, well, like I'm gonna go hard for the sisters. Now I'm not gonna go hard for this young lady necessarily because I, I don't know. But I kind of stopped when you said pink book lessons and the way that the, the commentary what? was talking pink book lessons, right? The person who's okay. doing this. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Okay. And as you're talking and I'm listening to as she's talking, I'm listening to her. She, she sounds like one of the women who have a lot of negative things to say about women in general, or black women. So I decided to do a little research while we, you were talking. I looked on Reddit and it sounds like this is kind of her her angle. That, that this is what she does. So I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. You do not put someone's toothbrush in a baby's diaper. That's disgusting. We can all say that. But whatever happened, that doesn't mean someone deserves any type of abuse or assault because of that, right? If the girl did not tell the truth, I hope she is found. I hope she's charged. I think people really should get charged when they make false accusations. It shouldn't just be, oh, I did it. I'm sorry. You need to be in just as much trouble as the person was going to be if they did it. So I, I think he's a grown man. If it's because somebody's cute, that doesn't mean you're blinded by love and you go for it. You need to be more discerning. You mean, and, and he, you kind of get what you, what you get. If you go after somebody just because of money and they don't treat you right, well, okay. If you go after somebody just because they're cute with a banging body and they have no substance, then you know what you're signing up for. He's a, he, it's an equal relationship. They knew what they were getting into. I was going to look at his arrest history because I thought I heard of him before. Then he, uh, he struck a woman on the right side of her head. Was that this situation? Or that another one? In this situation, with his baby mama. This... Wait, hang, hang on, Jeff. Uh, before I go to Lori and back to Jeff, uh, I'm gonna talk to the fourth wall because what just happened? What just happened right now with Casey Phyllis Brown? She just totally missed it. Oh, totally how did I miss it? it? How did I miss you completely it? missed it. You're you're fusing two different comments from two different parts of the conversation. Everything you said at the end, I already said. 
about him being responsible and needing to pick more responsibly. I didn't say anything about him being susceptible and incapable of picking because he's a seven-year-old little boy. That came from you. And Laura, no, wrong. No, you said he was susceptible. susceptible. I said that earlier with Jeff because he's an athlete and a target. That makes them an easy pick for women like that who are predatory in situations. But he, no, come on now. He He didn't know. He is a grown man. And he went for her. He went for her. Wait, wait, wait. What I'm saying, I'm I'm, going to come to you, Lori. I didn't talk about him being susceptible because he couldn't make discernments because he was immature. Okay. No, that I was, said that. I said that. Yeah, you said that. I didn't say yeah. that. I didn't say that. So you you missed the mark on that. I was saying everything you said at the end that he needs to be careful. And young men just you you can't you have to be careful with women who are trading on their looks. I said that because if you just choose a woman just based upon that, it's bound to go badly. It's going it's not going to end well. But I didn't say anything about him being capable of making those discernments. I said he should. So you missed that. Lori okay, Peacock. I definitely missed it because it sounded like you said that he was susceptible to it. Okay, so, I missed that. So in the interest of 2023, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm talking to the fourth wall right now. <laughs> I, le- I learned this from Lori Peacock, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm the fourth wall. Jeff Stanbaugh, I'm coming to you too. In the interest yeah. of 2023, oh, um, we all have to get better at this because every time we talk about what women do, what tends to happen instead of asking questions first by saying, hey, did I, it, I thought I heard you say this, was it this? And then pause and then confirm that you got the information right first before you just run on. Because as soon as you said what you said, Casey, here comes Lori co-signing. Okay. <laughs> we have to be hurt. Okay. You haven't heard okay. co-sign like that. <laughs> Jeff and I don't do that. So in the fourth wall, I'm talking to the fourth wall. Just pay attention to the fact that how well do men listen and how well do women listen? Women are so quick to want to bring the man in, even if he his even if his conduct is not the topic. OK, they always want to make this about the man, too. I'm just mm. saying. Lori, <laughs> Go ahead, Lord. I'll, come I'll come back to you, Casey. Okay, thank I you. Don't, I don't, I, I'm lost now. I don't know what you are talking about, Rome. You have completely lost me. Because um, we're talking about women's accountability and women sometimes, I'm talking to the fourth wall. Women <laughs> don't want to talk about that sometimes. It's uncomfortable. No, no, believe me. There's some skanky hoes out there that are <laughs> doing some awful, awful, nasty things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will be the first one to admit that. But can you the hold them strictly? Because and you you have done it on this show, Lori. So I'm 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 talking not so much to you, but can you hold them strictly accountable without saying men do it too and not all? That's what I'm saying because that what just no happens. no no because That's a man is gonna be without skanky nasty hoe because of how she looks and how she makes him feel about himself as a status symbol, I am not, I, I don't feel sorry for him. I don't have any pity for him. He knows what he's doing. He sees what she's about. He, she is about his money and his status and he is about her looks and her sex. So they're both nasty in my opinion and I don't but feel bad for either one of them. Okay, but how do you know as a young man? You, I mean, I'm talking to anybody that has a son and a nephew. I got two. This is the issue, Rome. This is the issue, and I've been there. Once you make it as a professional athlete, it's hard to decipher who's there because they like you who you are or because of what you do and the money you have. 
The only way that you really know is if you stay with your girl that you dated in high school yeah. or the girl that you had in college. Because once you make it, then it's hard to figure out why they're there. And I see, I've seen the bad side of women so many times. I've gone t for 10 years to NBA All-Star Games. And let me tell you, the women there that are trying to hook up with players, sneaking into hotels where normal people can't get in. I had to show up three passes one year to get in this hotel. And there was these women just running. I said, how'd you get in? They said, oh, you know. I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear it. Um, but the point is, when you make it, you don't know if they're there because of what you do and the money you have or because they genuinely like you. And it's a hard to determine that once you make it. So I, I'm going to go a little personal here. And even though I just got a lashing from Rome and I, 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 I'll take it because he, he, he says he's talking to the fourth wall, not directly to me. I'm going to, I'm going to be very, uh, I'm going to uh, be a little transparent here and, and tell him my personal life. And I'm not sure if this is, um, and please somebody tell me if I'm off on this, but this is what I'm kind of hearing. I think everyone again has to be responsible for themselves. And then also it's, it's depending on who you are as a person and how you get down or we, there's opportunities that are going to be presented to you. You can decide to take them or not. Right. That is, is everyone's grown. So when we were teenagers, we were big. I'm not sure if I said this before here, but we were a big fan of the Lakers. Um, Rome, I ever told you about my um, experience with Magic Johnson? No. No. So we would go, my first time meeting him in a long time, but we were 10th grade. We went up there, he signed my jacket, whatever. We came back in 11th grade. I ended up meeting him at the Soul Train Awards when we got tickets. And he was like, I was like, your last game is on Easter. It's my birthday. Can we come up there? He's like, sure. That started a situation where we became like the Laker little sisters. Every game, we would come up there and Magic Johnson would give us his tickets. I don't know if you guys know, but players, I'm sure Jeffrey knows, but players get tickets to games. I, I don't know why he gave us our, his tickets. It was me, my friend, LaShawn, and an older, well, she, I'm her age now, but we called her older woman. She, she's like 50. Her name was Mary. He used to give us our tickets. Now that I look back, I assumed everybody he knew out here, because, you know, he wasn't from here, were rich or famous. They had their own tickets. So I guess he didn't have anybody to give tickets to because he gave us his tickets every single week. We went up there. The security guards knew us. The Lakers knew. Everyone knew us. It was never anything inappropriate. And I was hot when I was young. I might be a little thick around the waist now, but I was super cute when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so was my friend. And there was never anything inappropriate. It, he, if he wasn't there, the security guards like, hey, um, Magic left your guys tickets for you. He treated, hey, did you guys go to school today? How was it? Every time he saw us, how's everything going now? We were there after the games. We, we saw the people he went home with or who left or where he ever went. So everybody knows Magic was not perfect. We, everybody's read his book, seen the movies. So he, he was having his fun. But he was treating us like we were his little sisters. When it came for us to go to college, we came in like, hey, we got into the school. He said, you know, he said, if you get into it, we'll take care of it. Magic paid for me to go through undergrad and grad school. I never paid wow. a dime in a college education. And I, I think about him because, and I'm not to judge, just athletes in general, but we could have been in a terrible position if he was a different kind of person. Right. It could have been, what am I going to get? What am I going to give you? What's going to, you know, Hey, these little, these little girls up here every week. I could take, it could have easily took us home. The first time I saw his home, 
is when he was married to Cookie and he invited us home and Cookie gave us a tour of the home. We watched the wedding video. That's the first time we made it inside of his house. So I think I, I, it triggered me a little bit when you were talking like people have, what is your ethics? How are you raised? Yes, he was, he did his stuff. I'm not saying magic was perfect, but he could have taken advantage of people and he didn't. There's some people who are presented with issues and they decide to go that route. And it's not just because the woman's cute that she's bewitching them. And I, I don't know now if we're back where you're going to lash at me again. So I'm not sure if we're back at that space. So I thought I'd say that. It just came up when you were talking. Uh, you you were doing fine until that last part. <laughs> Dang, I thought I was doing good. Right. You were doing fine until the last part. No, I'm not saying it's simply, the, you know, they're bewitching and they, you know, women can be beguiling. But I'm saying that. So what? So what? Men have to hold themselves to a proper standard and a higher standard than that. And I appreciate that story about Magic Johnson because it is something that you don't commonly hear. We've had an R&B singer on this show by the name of Rhonda Clark, uh, formerly with Taboo Records, uh, produced by legendary producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. She's been right here on this show, and she said that the great uh, manager agent, uh, Jeff, you may have heard of him, Clarence Avant. Um, he, he, yeah, the godfather. The God, mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Yep. Famously got uh, P. Diddy out of town when Notorious B.I.G. got shot. Um, lots of things, man. The Godfather is one of the realest cats in the game. And rest in peace to his wife. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard, but there was a break. Yeah. What happened with uh, Nancy Pelosi? They survived that one, fortunately, but his wife didn't. There was a home invasion. And unfortunately, Clarence Avon's wife was murdered. So rest in peace to her. But she said, she being Rhonda Clark said, Clarence always treated me like his little girl and whatever I wanted, he looked after me. He said, baby, what is it? You want, you wrote, you want to write a song on this album? We're going to write a song. You know, all, all you got to do is tell me and I got you. So I appreciate that story about Magic Johnson, uh, Casey Phillips Brown. And people used to say that even about, and I don't want to go down this, this corridor, but you're, you're making me think about situation. In fact, I'm not going to name the person I have in mind, but it's just the idea that when you may have an experience like that, and then unfortunately, somebody may have a different experience with them. And that's what happened in this Trevor Bauer case to where this woman, you know, and they they never identify the women. And, and, and you know, in that case, that, that's fine. But the idea is that you can be nice to one person if you're a celebrity figure and a man and then someone else may have an entirely different experience with you. And when that person comes out, uh, becomes problematic. Yeah, I will go ahead and say it, because when they started asking uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam about Bill Cosby, when they started asking Raven Simone about Bill Cosby, they came out and straight up said it. I know these allegations that are out there, but he was always professional and nice to me. And that was always triggering to a lot of women who have been in some rather compromising situations, whether truthfully with Bill or not. And so it's interesting to get these other sides of the story. And so I appreciate that story very much. Uh, I have one more segment I want to get to. We got about a few minutes left. Uh, any final thoughts on that part before we move on? Jeffrey Keller, Lori? Uh, no, my whole point was, you know, when you talk about guys making decisions, it's hard to make that decision once you make it to a certain level. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move on. Lori, hard, to make, wait, hard, hard to make what decision? Hard to make what decision at a certain level? I think I said it earlier when I was talking about. No, I, I really don't understand. Make what decision? The decision to be with a woman oh, or not be with a woman? No, that's you're missing my point, Lori. That's what I'm asking. My point is this. If you're a normal person walking around with a normal job, 
it's easy to make a decision, well, this person don't like me because I'm a damn garbage man. She likes me because who I am. Now you're oh, professional football. Okay. Now you're a professional football player. Now you have different questions like this. She like me because I'm in the limelight and I make a lot of money, or does she like me because of who I am? Right. Yeah. And a beautiful, yeah. attractive, sexy, yeah. hot woman can ask the same question. Does he like me because of my personality and what I'm my brain? Or does we're he not like me talking I about that. Lori, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Why? Okay. Why? I'm done <laughs> Why are we not talking about both of them? This, you're acting like these men are victims. These men are not victims. Yeah, we're 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 talking about it. Nobody said he was a. I didn't say he was a victim. All I'm saying is, it's hard to make that choice when you get to a level, a certain level. Choice of I didn't what? say you that. Hold a second. good. You're, I you didn't say. A I didn't say. I didn't say he was wrong. I, didn't, I did not say that it, he was a victim. I said it's when you get to a certain level, it's hard to make that choice. It's like if I'm governor of California and I talk to some girl and all of a sudden she, she says, well, you know what? I felt intimidated because he's the governor. Well, if I'm the governor, can I ever talk to anybody now? Mm. The Mike Pence rule, he never is alone with anybody if his wife's not there, if it's a woman. <laughs> right? I don't think these, these men have their choice of women. These men have their choice of women and they can choose whomever they want. And I understand wondering, I don't understand. I can imagine what it would be like to wonder, is she after me only for my money? But that doesn't, that's not, but what difference does it make, right? And most of the time they know she is after me for my money, but that's okay. Cause I'm after her for this. Just no, you, no, you don't know that all and the sometimes, time, Lori. Is that the goal? Lori. Is that the goal? Like I need to make good enough money so I can have my pick a woman. I'm not trying to be uh, facetious, but sometimes as you're getting older, aren't you like, I'm making good decisions so I can have my pick. This is, is the that... hard part. This is the hard part. Cause someone will come at you like, you know what? Like they're like, they're great. Like, Oh, okay. This is it. And then you get married. It's like, Oh damn. All of a sudden they flipped it. You hear, if you ever want to hear some great stories about some craziness, listen to Steven Jackson when he was getting ready to get married. I saw that. There was, and there was also, also who was in that situation uh, was another player. I mean, some of this stuff is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, the idea is that, no, we're definitely not saying people are, are, you know, claiming victimhood just for the sake of it. This, we're, we're talking about women who make false accusations. That's what we're talking about. And I know that there are some cases out there where cats do some really foul stuff. I'm not talking about that because there's a million and one platforms that can talk about that. I'm talking about the fact that it's hard for women, some, to be accountable and for other women, no matter what their socioeconomic status is, I'm not talking about anybody here, I'm talking to the fourth wall. It's hard for women to hold other women as strictly accountable without bringing in what men do. That's my point. And so this last one right here, this is Reva Jordan, ladies and gentlemen, another content creator. And we only have a few short minutes with this one, but I want to get y'all's thoughts on this before I let y'all go. This is a segment about women blaming men for their masculinity. This is a panel of women that talked about if men were only stronger, we would follow them. If they were only better leaders, we would follow them. And Reva Jordan, content creator on YouTube and TikTok, I believe, uh, has something to say about that. Stand by. 
Okay, now this, I know, I know, guys, pause and play, I know. But listen, this right here grinds my gears. This statement that she made right here grinds my gears because you know what happened? Somebody made that statement. Somebody said, oh, well, you know, the reason why women are masculine is because, you know, it's because we have to be, or it's because it's a defense mechanism. And then women take that and run with it. Right. So I hear a lot of women say this, like, oh, you know, it's only a defense mechanism because we have to be. And this and this when most of the time, when you look at a lot of the lifestyles that these women lead, what in your lifestyle is requiring you to be masculine? What is it? All right, I'll leave it right there. What in your lifestyle is causing you to be masculine? Because the idea here is, and real quick, we're going to have to do a quick round robin because I said I'd let y'all go. The idea here is that there are some women out there who feel like they're not feminine because the men that they are encountering aren't engendering that within them. They're not invoking that because they're not good leaders and they're not masculine themselves. And the pushback on that and what Reva is talking about is that there's no such thing as conditional masculinity because we can't fake the funk. We're expected to be a man all the time, and it's not a switch we're allowed to turn on and off. But what she's commenting on is the fact that some women out there, arguably, in her opinion, too many, have this sense that there's something conditional about being feminine, when in fact, it's not a switch you can turn on and off. And she's saying that that is what grinds her gears. And um, in her opinion, this is what makes relationships between black men and women complicated. Uh, real quick thoughts on that before we let you go. We could do a whole new show on that topic alone. Conditional femininity. Uh, Lori and Casey, what are your thoughts? Jeffrey, I'm coming to you in just a sec. I definitely don't understand it, but I don't want to say that and get yelled at again. Yeah, I think this, I, I think, I think wait, 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 wait. Who's yelled at you? Jeffrey, you yelled. Yeah, we've been got, we got, I feel like you guys, see, um, you, you got, have a see, let me, let me you, respond to that. Women me, who completely look at it differently. And let so me it's respond a little hard because we feel let like me, we're fighting. It's like, I feel we're, like we're not fighting every, um, let's see, every we, we only do this, <laughs> but, but, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, your voice and your voice are louder than Jeffrey's and mine's. And yeah, I talk there, loud. There, there's no, there's, you guys walk right past what you, each other do. And as soon as a man starts to assert himself, you guys take issue with that. And this is not just here. This happens out there, too. There's no sense of what you guys do. You guys ease right past that. And as soon as a man starts to talk like a man, all of a sudden he's yelling at me. What he, who, who yelled at you? And, and what about how elevated the voices have been on this? I don't take it personally. I know Casey is just Casey. And I know you're just you, Lori. Nobody's here to hurt anybody, but y'all's voices are elevated. So and are Jeffrey yours. Keller, and Jeffrey Keller is one of the most mellow guests I ever have on here. <laughs> I guess unless, unless I talk, talk like and men. then he jumps all over me. But we talk like men. This is how men talk. It's called barbershopping, right? We talked about that before. No, it's not like even that. Barbershopping. You well, guys have, not really. It's a little different when you say things. Like, I have a loud voice, but it doesn't come across in the way... Look, like, like I used the word lash a couple of times. That's how it, it comes across. But uh, Rome, is it really is difficult because you're bringing up uh, topics that women. Um, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like you're using women to talk about things that women are doing wrong. And it sounds like a, a couple of the uh, topics, Lori and I don't necessarily agree. So it's really hard when you go, look, 
she just said this about y'all. What you think? And it's, it's like, well, I, I don't that. know. I well, no, that's what it comes across. Like, that's the question. So it's like, well, we don't know what to say. Um, I think it was um, it was a little easier when we talked about Meg and um, Tori. And I know we said we're going to come back around to this after the new year and after he was found, yeah. we found out what he was found and, you know, he's found guilty. Um, I think th that was a little easier because it was like a, the case was a little more removed. But these here seem a little more, I don't know. Direct, right. a little bit harder to discuss. I'm not sure why. I'm going to try to, I'm going to do some self-reflecting to see what's my issue and why is it feeling weird. I, I, I think I've been so clear that I think everybody should be held accountable for what they do. So when we come back, it seems, I don't know. I feel like I'm going all over the place. So I'm all over the oh, place. Oh, you're good. You're no, good. I, I don't know. With this, with, I'm, I feel like I'm, I try to be feminine. I have a strong personality. I'm passionate. Um, I try not to let that change no matter who I'm involved with. I try to just be me. I think it's difficult to be with me. I think there's a lot of men who probably did not decide to be in a relationship with me because they felt like, Ooh, we've been in a relationship with Casey. You're going to constantly have to fight to, to be in charge because she's such an independent person. So um, I'm not sure if that's what she's talking about, that, that I would say, well, if you can't be stronger than me, um, you're the reason why I have to be more masculine. Like, I don't know if that's what she's saying. I'm just me. My background, I've had to struggle and fight my entire life for everything I wanted. So I am a little strong. I, I do go hard for what I want. Um, I hope a man doesn't see that as being masculine. I think I'm pretty feminine. So is that kind of answering what she said? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I was just looking for a response because, you, you know, you, you're certainly not going to automatically agree okay. with everyone that I that I bring here. And that's fine. I, I, I bring you on to get your perspectives and takes on it because... I do see this as as an issue and I, I do see a disparity uh, in the capacity for men and women to take accountability. And I, I think it's a serious problem because, like I said, men are held to a much harsher standard than women are and they can't get away with the same stuff. They and again, when we talk about this, we're not exonerating men. OK, because, like I said, there's a million and one platforms that you know, talk about men and the horrible things that they do. I don't do that here. I don't do that here. The women, I'm looking for them to hold themselves to a higher standard as well, because it matters to the lives of the, the men that we care about. And we have to be very careful and handle that responsibility with care. And I just want to see more of that in 2023. Can I ask you something then, Rome? Are you saying that in this platform, you're not going to necessarily go after men, but are you going to say, but you're going to go after women? I went after Trevor, ba Trevor Bauer, you know, and I, nobody, you haven't heard Jeffrey Keller and me, myself defend like a Harvey Weinstein or Jeffrey Epstein, you know. I'm talking about black men, black men. Well, um, you, are you going to go after I black men? Defended, I, I would I love for us to not, I don't want to attack black women. I don't want to attack black men. Well, it's not an attack. I'm just having a conversation and. I think we need to have the conversation because it, the reason why I think it's so triggering is because it's, it's not comfortable to talk about. But we've been dealing with this. Black men have been dealing with this for the last 50, 60 years. And there hasn't been a voice. There hasn't been anybody to stand up for our grievances. There haven't been very many platforms where people talk about people like Magic Johnson and what he did for you. It's always the negative stuff. And there's very few platforms that will hold a, a similar light on the things that women do. And we're talking about what they do, not what they and are. I don't think you have to break down women to build up men. 
I think you can uplift your men and talk about the good things that men are doing without highlighting the crummy women out there that are doing crummy things. Well, tell me, how did I put them down? Because I agree that it should not be a zero sum game at all. In uh, the world of death row music, they call or death row records, they call it G's up, hoes down. I don't believe it's a zero sum game either because nobody wins in that scenario. But who did I put down and when? When I'm just talking about accountability and the fact that if you leave out important details when you're calling somebody for help, I'm saying that that's a problem. And if it's happening to these cats, I mean, I know it's going to happen to these cats because they're a celebrity, they're public figures. And, you know, the common cat, I'm saying to a certain degree, they're susceptible to this, too, if a woman wants to be vindictive. Yes. Yes. Uh, If a woman wants to be vindictive, a woman is going to be vindictive and she's going to do some nasty stuff. There is no way around that. I am not denying that. But when I say we don't know what's going on in that household, we don't know what led up to that. We don't know how he treated her, how she treated him to this point. So to just focus on this one thing. And when I try to bring in, we don't know that. Then you yell at me or I feel yelled at. You tell me, Lori, no, we're not going there. Okay, we're not talking about that. And I'm just trying to say there's two sides to every story and you just want to focus on the crummy women. And I'm like, maybe she is crummy, but who knows what he's doing on the side to make her crazy. And if she's crazy, walk away and leave. As soon as she puts your your toothbrush in the feces, I'm out. I'm out and I'm calling a lawyer for custody of my kid. Correct. Correct. But what we do know, I'm I'm just focusing on the information that presented. She came out and apologized and said he never tried to hurt me. See, this is what I'm saying. That's the accountability. Now, is that true? I'm talking about that's she she really did that. No, but is it true that he wasn't trying to hurt her? There's so many abuse. That's what she said. Who do say, okay, well, I, you know, that's what I, she I'm, said. I'm, I'm going to change my tune because I'm afraid. That's yeah, what I she know. It's hard to know. That's what right. she my, said. my I have a friend whose daughter was just beating the crap out of by her, her boyfriend. And but the police came in and sat by her bedside and he was sitting there and she said she fell. She made up some excuse and he's home with her. She lied to the police to protect her man out of fear, out of a mar- variety of reasons. So we don't know if he didn't do anything to her or he did do something to her at this point because she could have lied the second time. Well, people generally don't lie the second time if they have a chance to to clear the air. I'm saying this. No, it's seven times. It takes head. seven times for. A wait a minute. Leave. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You see, Jeffrey Keller doesn't do that, Casey. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> Jeffrey right. Keller doesn't Jeffrey's do that. Jeffrey's so calm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to channel myself to be more Jeffrey like in 2023 because I, I do. I need to find a medium. <laughs> Go ahead, we, Jeffrey. We'll, I'm going to be like. But hey. we do. We do. I mean, because I I love having you here because I I think it's important to have the conversation because me and Jeff don't interact like this. You know what I mean? She said herself that the statement that she made initially didn't happen. And so that's what we do know. Now, I know it it may look like we're I'm just taking the side of the man, because like I said, nobody, no man on this panel has taken the side of any black man that's really done some dirt. Any white man like Harvey Weinstein or the guy in Utah who just offed his family because she's divorcing him, you know, just terrible stuff like that. We're not taking the side of men because they're men. I'm saying that men are going to be held to a harsher standard of accountability just because they're men, black men in particular. And so I'm saying that black women have a unique responsibility to make sure that they're coming clean and correct. And they're admitting the things that they do so that a full assessment can be made about the circumstance instead of just automatically defaulting to the man is guilty 
Because when you assume that, you, he loses his freedom, he loses his ability to earn, and his reputation is damaged for life. So, so Rome, is this, I think, um, if I was trying to ask earlier, is this the first accusation against him? Because again, I remember hearing his name before of some similar type of behavior, and I didn't know if it was with the same person. I think it's important for us to look at, to, at the history and to see what someone has done in the past. Because um, none, none of us were there. None of us, like you said, none of us know what really happened. I, I, I do want to say um, I enjoy coming on here and I love having these interactions with you all. Um, I think it's going to, just to be clear, it is going to be hard when it's set up the way it's set up to, for, I think I get that motion comes in immediately. Um, I would, I want to uplift black men. I love black men. So I would love if when you have topics, when it's focused on just, let's just being, talk about how wonderful they are. I want to jump on it. But I think when it's them against a black woman, it's super hard. I, maybe you need to get a different woman, like a, a different ethnicity who doesn't, is not as invested in the black woman or black women like the ones like um, the pink book lady or the lady who did the thing about Wakanda. Cause I think they have a different mentality. It's, it's, and I know you don't want something, a show that's so smooth, but it's really difficult when we are, we're pro black woman, but we're pro black, pro black men as well. But it's so hard when it seems like I've got to defend the honor of the black woman because I'm going to always defend it until I know differently. Is that wrong? No, I, that accountability. That's all I'm saying. Accountability. You're because we know what uh, we, what you want to do is look into his background, but I'm saying that we don't do that for the women. We should, we, we, everybody. We, but we don't, we you, but you know, we don't. That's what I'm saying. You know, we don't. And so that's why every time when the, the and this is why this is, this is why I'm doing this is because every time the topic is what the woman does and it's not personal to anybody. I, I understand, you know, you guys are a little triggered, but this is just the information of this case. It's got nothing to do with y'all, but this is what happens when women's conduct is being analyzed. You want to pivot to the man. And I'm saying that's the issue, because when, every time we do that, we're giving a license to women like her to continue to do this to our sons, brothers, fathers and uncles and cousins. And it, that's not right. Look, you, you don't give you don't extend the same benefit of the doubt to the man. You automatically assume that his past will justify what's happening in this case right now. But we don't apply that same standard with her. So I'm saying this is generally what tends to happen. You can ride for both of them, Casey. I'm cool with that. Hold him accountable. But I'm saying society automatically is going to hold him accountable harder because of his status and his gender. And he's a black man. They're, they're going to come at him harsher. But we don't have the system on our side. Women do. And so there's the onus and the responsibility is heavier with y'all to make sure that if you're going to give and extend that much leeway and runway to a woman that to justify what happened. We don't know what happened, but we're going to look at all the horrible things that he does. That that happens often. And I'm saying we have to be very, very careful with that. I'm talking about accountability and nowhere in here have I excuse the inappropriate behavior of the men. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we casually skate past what women do. And, and that I, makes sense. And I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear what you are saying on that. I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Laura, you know me for 20 years. More than that. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know how I roll, but I'm saying. I that, know. But, but the last but, few times we've talked, you've been heated. But heated no, I haven't. No, I, I haven't. Yeah, but I haven't, yeah. though. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I haven't. 
and see every time this kind of conversation, not 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 just here, but when this conversation happens, it, it becomes about the person. It, we, we stop dealing with the information at hand. And it's like, you sound angry. You're mad. You're yelling at me. And it, it, it tries to derail the entire conversation because we're not even talking about me. This isn't about me. We're talking about the issue at hand. And this only, I'm telling you, this only happens when women's conduct is being critiqued. That's when it happens. Because if, it, if I was saying the man was wrong and foul, y'all be all on that. You see what no, happened? Oh, please don't you, say you that, see, Rome. No, that's see, not true. I'm okay. not going to just automatically go against but some, let me finish. Uh, and I'm going to be clear, a black man. It I, may I, just be I, men in general. I, I said, no, 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 no. You didn't let I me finish. I said in that instance, y'all would be about that. I didn't say you'd be a lot like that across the board. But when I put up that uh, makeup list picture of Megan Thee Stallion and said how beautiful she was, you jumped all on that. You guys love that. When we're, we're praising women, I know, but there are some good black men too. Well, that and woman both. was disgusting. That woman was gross. She's disgusting. She's foul. There's a lot of nasty, skanky women out there that make me sick and sad and, and ashamed for my gender. That yes. is not that, but you know, that is absolutely true. But that is not the whole population of women in exactly. the world. Exactly. And so, but no, you guys, one never you, said that. you guys seem to focus on these women, a small percentage of women and that, that are this way and that these are the only women that these men have to choose from. They're choosing these women for a reason. Yeah. And I and I and I said that they have to stop doing that. That was the first thing I said. They have to stop doing that. So, yeah, we're not saying that they're victims, but we're also saying that these women, when men know that women are trading on their looks and they've used their looks and innocence, you know, the, the, the image of purity to, to get things from men or out of men, all of our sons are at risk if they're not careful. That is true. And they don't have to be satisfied famous men. I, a friend of mine, I know several men who have been in domestic violence situations with women um, with alcohol involved, but the men were not innocent in the situation, but they were certainly provoked. Uh, women definitely can can do what they can't. Some, there are some evil women out there. I will give you that. And they are manipulative and they will do awful things to men untruthfully. But there are also a lot of women that have been hurt and victimized legitimately. So that's, that's again, where I always want to go back. I'm not saying Leonard, to look at the man. We do need to hold these women accountable. We do not allow, we should not allow women to make false accusations, period. Ever. And if they do, there should be Ever. harsh consequences. Ever. Harsh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we we have something called the Karen Law here in California when they were making all those false 911 calls at the height of the George Floyd thing. So that if you make a call against a black person, you could be sued for that now. And something needs to be similar in cases such as this, because if it's happening to these men. People are watching them. They're 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 public figures, public figures with millions of followers. People emulate behavior whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And I know we all understand that, but I'm worried about our sons, okay? Because our sons are black. They ain't gonna yes. get no second chance. They not. Nobody, nobody's gonna believe them. Nope, but ever. And both I have my have this conversation with my, my two 17 and 19 year old constantly. It's gonna be your word against her word and they're gonna believe her. Gonna believe and her. I tell them that all the time. So we get it. We, yeah. we do get it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm talking about it, because, you know, and I am beating the horse because I the, the default setting on every other platform out there is to pivot back to the men and what they do. I don't want to talk about that. And I don't care if it's relevant. 
because what is even more relevant is the common everyday cat is that that gets falsely accused and nothing happens to the false accuser. And that's a problem because he could be damaged for life. Final thoughts, uh, Jeffrey Kelly, you've been quiet for a while. Your thoughts, man? <laughs> uh, you know, just sitting back and listening to everybody. Um, I think sometimes we have to understand there's a difference between yelling and passion. Okay. Passionately. Like Casey gets loud, but she's speaking with passion. So I don't think she's yelling at me. I know she's passionate about what she's talking about. And and so I think sometimes in these things, we we just need to listen more and not think about, okay, what am I going to, how am I going to respond? Mm. Um, and I do that sometimes myself. I mean, but, you know, like when somebody said, well, you know, you're taking the men's side. I didn't feel like I was taking, I felt like what I was saying was, it's just hard to choose because of the situation you're in, you're, what you do. I'm not saying uh, the fighter was right. I'm not saying he was wrong about who he chose. I'm just saying it's hard to choose when you're at a certain level. I think most people can agree with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're Denzel Washington, you're out. I mean, it's hard to figure out who's talking because you're Denzel or just because they're a nice person. True. And that's why I would call it right. <laughs> it's like he stayed old school. For the last four years. Right? Yes. Right? But, but right, but, so, so, yeah, yeah, but Jeffrey, so I think there's a difference. Um, I think Lori used the term yelling. And it, it not you didn't yell, but you seemed like you were super irritated with her at that at one point. It sounded like you were angry. Even though, and so it's not necessarily a yelling. And not necessarily, it's, but I was like, wow, he upset, she upset him. That's what, I don't know, I felt the same thing that um, Lori felt. And you right, didn't necessarily raise your voice, but it sounded like you got like frustrated with her. No, I, and I wasn't upset. I was just trying to make my point. And what I what I don't get is that, Casey, when you become passionate, Lori, you don't say anything about that. Her voice gets louder than everyone's. Because I'm not angry. I know. She, I, I don't. I don't feel like she's. A, I don't feel like she's coming at me though. You know, like it, it, was, it was. Yeah, but. You don't make a general statement about her being angry or mad or, you know what I'm saying? It's why, how, how, how does it happen with the guys? I felt like, because I felt like Jeffrey Keller was upset with me mm -hmm. and was talking to me and I was asking for clarification, genuinely asking for clarification and I just got rebuffed. So I'm pretty upset and I'm pretty emotional right now. And I think that I'm, I don't understand you guys. I really don't. I feel like you guys have some kind of anger towards women and I'm the target nope. like nope. overall in general I do no. I felt like this on more than one occasion on this show I know I know but it that's not what we're we're all about but then why do I feel like that am I crazy am I just no you're not I think you need to I think I think you need to I think you need to understand how men communicate and we don't communicate the way women communicate and what you perceive to be anger See, I, I think what what could be happening is that you're wrestling with the fact that you misread him and you're being called out on it and you don't like it. Because but I felt the same thing. Absolutely did. not. That's absolutely not true. But he's that he's not, not he's telling but he's telling you that he wasn't upset. And I'm saying that when we speak sometimes, the first default is that we're angry against women in general. 
And I'm saying that that escalation and elevation in tone doesn't start from the guys, even if we're just talking generally. But you guys can jump in, you can talk, you can become as passionate as you want, you can express your full range of emotions, and men are supposed to remain stoic and not have a response and not have any inflection in their tone whatsoever, you know, lest it be perceived as I'm being attacked. Yeah. And I'm saying that, they, but, but see, that's dangerous though. No, 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 I hear you. No, that, it's, it, I'm but rather than do that, yeah. see, and you see how you're in, see, you see how you, see how you jump in, Casey? I'm, yeah, but I hear you. Like, it's really, I'm I having a revelation. You. You're I love making you. sense. I know, but you're my friend. You're, 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 you're a dear friend. I love you. But, but I interrupt. But what's happening? You do interrupt. ADHD. You do it's ADHD. It's ADHD. We just said no. You By the way, Casey wrote a book. We just said no. Fitting HD. It's a great book. I have it. Go out and buy it, ladies and this is Amber Ojeda, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. We are back. KCWGTheTruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we have just experienced in the world of sports, uh, um, man, a sombering moment is an understatement. The world absolutely came to a stop on last week's Monday Night Football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I believe a player by the name of Damar Hamlin uh, went down in what appeared to be just a routine tackle and he ended up in critical condition and he has been making a recovery gradually steady but surely uh, ever since in the hospital but at the onset of this injury ladies and gentlemen it was quite harrowing and by the time you hear this who knows his progress may have progressed even further I wanted to have a conversation about this because this was absolutely shocking. It was one of those rare moments that kind of unified an entire country if you happen to be tuned into the game. So I have two very, very special guests here with me tonight. First of all, our returning champ on the West Coast. You guys know this cat, man. This good brother is one of the uh, longest standing co-hosts of an afternoon drive time radio program in Southern California on 90.7 FM KPFK on your radio dial called the Pocho Hour Power. He's a comedian and he's a writer, director. He does it all and he's formerly with the Atlanta Falcons. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Mr. Keller, are you back? Yes, sir, Rome. It's another, at least it's sunny today. It's been raining all week, man. So it's a beautiful day. It's true, guys. Yeah, man. Beautiful tomorrow. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, fresh off your Pro Bowl journey. Appreciate that, good brother. Also, man, we got company tonight, man. I really am glad you're here, Jeff. This good brother, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know this voice. It's been a minute. Y'all, this voice helped us get through coronavirus, man. I was always tapping this guy's phone to, to get some insight on what he was going through out there on the East Coast in DC with every single stage of that coronavirus variant. Uh, I really appreciate him. Uh, he's a cardiologist on the East Coast in Washington, DC. And uh, he's here to help us gain some insight into this injury of Damar Hamlin. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Dr. Reggie Robinson. Dr. Robinson, are you back? I'm back. How you doing, brother? 
oh man, I'm cooling the gang. I'm getting through it. I'm a little under the weather because Mr. Keller is correct. Uh, the weather has been weathering out here and we have been weathering the storm. <laughs> What's your take on what happened with uh, DeMar Hamlin on the football field that night? What happened with his heart during the impact of that tackle? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Well, well what we do know is the events and they said he went into cardiac arrest. What that means is his heart, you can have a cardiac arrest when your heart actually stops and doesn't produce any electricity or you can go into a cardiac arrest from something called ventricular fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia when it goes too fast. And that's what we call a shockable rhythm versus mm. when you have a flat line, you can't shock that. You just do CPR and pump the heart. But mm. when you have a tachycardia, ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, that's when you have the defibrillator that shocks it to try to put it back in a regular rhythm. So it's all you know, speculation from now. You sort of, there's something I, I mentioned to you when you reached out that same night. And the first thing popped to my mind is something called commodio cortis. Mm -hmm. and, um, it, it's usually seen in, in young athletes, in baseball, field hockey, um, softball, when a hard projectile hits the heart at the wrong time, hits the chest rather, over the heart, at the wrong time in the cardiac cycle. And mm. that can send the heart into one of those cardiac arrhythmias, ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation. And what happens would look just typical what happened to DeMar Hamlin. A young, healthy, athletic person, it hits him. That heart goes into that fast rhythm where blood's not pumping to the brain. You fall out and then you get up because you're still young and that heart's still going in that fast rhythm and you fall out again until someone comes and tries to save you. Mm -hmm. The saving grace for him was that he was young, athletic. And the most important thing was there was someone that assistant trainer that knew CPR. I, I'm not going to front, man. I, I, I was, I was praying the whole time. I reached out to Jeffrey Keller too, but when I reached out to you and you told me about Commodio Cordis and how serious it could be. And the fact that they were giving him electrical shocks on the field, um, your prognosis, well, it wasn't a prognosis, but you were thinking, man, that, that he, that means he's really in trouble, right? Yes. And when someone's, you know, you've heard all the other ex football players and sports hosts talking about that's something they've never seen. You see people go down with broken legs or, you know, remember all the way back to Joe Theismann and, and concussions oh, like that. Yeah. But when a young man goes into cardiac arrest, you know, on the football field. So that that's, you know, you've seen or heard of people like Hank Gathers or, mm -hmm. uh, or people running marathons and have cardiac arrests on, Jim the, Fix. on the path where someone just happens to be behind them and saves them with CPR. Mm. Typically um, you think about something called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or a specific genetic component that makes the heart go faster. But this time in that stage, when someone makes it to the professional, whatever sport it is, they've been looked over with a fine tooth comb to rule out some of those medical conditions that put people at risk for cardiac arrest. Yeah, Mr. Keller, you told us once famously yeah, that football ain't no ordinary game, right? <laughs> no, well, the doctor is right. Like they found a heart murmur uh, for me. And so then I had to do stress tests uh, to make sure that my heart could handle playing at that level. Um, so, wow. Yeah, they, they do um, 
They really, they really do get into it. Um, I think the the scariest part for for players is we've seen players get hurt, but we know they're gonna rehab and come back, right? You blow mm-hmm. ACL, me, you know, you're used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see a guy and all of a sudden they're bringing him back to life, you know, football players think that they're immortal, right? We mm-hmm. think we can't get hurt, mm-hmm. and then that just lets you know that hey, you know what? Anything can happen at any time. Um, Anytime. You know, they'd always tell me when I was with Atlanta, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to save you to get to get to the next place. So run out of bounds. Do this, do that. Don't take these hits. And that's why it's funny when people run out of bounds, people, fans will be like, why didn't he get the extra yard? Why didn't he do this? And it's because, hey, he's trying to save himself and make sure he can get to the next play. With the state of his recovery as of this recording, Dr. Reggie, uh recovery prospects for this young man 24 years old you said his youth was definitely uh likely a factor in his uh progression to this point uh what are the odds uh as it stands today uh without knowing his medical situation you know firsthand uh what's your take on what his uh, long-term odds are for complete recovery well his youth his fitness and i can't say it enough the time to cpr that mm-hmm. someone who CPR is right on the sideline, that they could get start administering it immediately, makes it a lot, lot better. I can't give you a number. Everyone's co- certainly, you know, different. He doesn't have a lot of the other what we call comorbid conditions like diabetes, overweight, decondition, which puts it a lot lower. You know, out of hospital cardiac arrests are generally not, not that uh, promising, but out of hospital cardiac arrests where someone immediately starts CPR, is much better. Um, especially in the 24-year-old. So it's already showing good progress that he is, you know, it takes a high level of focus to start writing one. Yeah. And then in particular, did we win? So that took a lot, high level of consciousness, a high level of thought to be able to string those letters together. So I, I think just looking at that, that's the, that's good prognosis. And I think they were continuing to bring the oxygen level down, which they normally do. It's not that he had any respiratory issues mm-hmm. or breathing, but what normally happens, they start taking the paralysis off, paralytic medicines off. Then they start lowering the sedation where they lower it enough so that the person can wake up. And that's how you understand that they're still underneath all of that, mm-hmm. right? That there's a person underneath there on the ventilator. You take the paralytics off, and you move the sedation way down to almost off, really, to where they're comfortable. You can give them something so the tube's not irritating them to help them relax. But you want to be able to see what their mental status is before you continue to bring down the oxygen, bring down whatever support you have them on, and then remove the remove the um, the tube from their mouth um, or down in their lungs. How about so that's what they're doing now. They're doing what they call weaning trials now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're doing, not that I'm there, but that's the typical process where they, weaning trial meaning they take all the supplemental oxygen that they're putting down, bring it down as low as they can and look at how the patient's breathing. So you mm-hmm. may have the ventilator set to breathe every like 16 breaths per minute when they're paralyzed and sedated. But then you let them wake up and then you start lowering the sedation and you see now that they're breathing 18 breaths a minute. So you know that they're doing something under there. And then you keep on lowering the amount of support that you're given 
to them on the ventilator until it's down to pretty much minimal or nothing, just blowing air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the person's responding and you can communicate and they can communicate back with you through writing stuff and you can tell them to blink, show them your hands, wiggle your toes, that you know that they can follow commands and that there's no neurologic deficit like weakness on one side or the other, then that's those are all promising signs to get someone off the ventilator. That's fantastic. And before we let you go, can you, um, is there a broader message for the general public in terms of um, being similarly prepared for uh, any and everything? If we work with children, if we work with the elderly, any vulnerable population, uh, time, time, time is what you said is of the essence in a moment like this. Uh, what general message does this send, you know, knowing full well that most of us don't play such a dangerous uh, sport such as football? Uh, but is there a general takeaway that the, the general public can uh, benefit from when it comes to uh, CPR and life-saving measures in a crisis? You don't have to worry about giving the breath. They just want now the American Heart Association put just starting off with the compressions, the chest compressions and learning how to do it. They used to pair it with the BG staying alive to that tempo so you would know the tempo going along with it. But just go on heart.org. Uh, there are many companies around the country that show you how to do hands-only CPR. Same thing for stroke. The acronym for a stroke is F-A-S-T, FAST. F, face drooping, A, arm weakness. S, slurred speech, and T for time. Same thing, time. You can't wait around. You can't just dilly-dally. You always call 911. You see someone go down, call 911 first or have someone else call 911 while you're checking for a pulse. You don't feel anything. They're not responding just start CPR. Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time and repeats again on Friday evenings from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our amazing guest for the evening, Lori Peacock, licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips-Brown, the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller, and of course, our brother out of the DMV, Dr. Reggie Robinson. Also want to send a very, very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.